How are going? How are you doing today on this Friday? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I'm excited. So excited to dive into this topic because I haven't done it yet on this podcast. Oh, good. Good. Great. Yes. I'm excited <laughs> to chat with you. And I always love um, kind of people when they're first learning about it too. Um, so that hopefully if that's what you want to talk about with your listeners. That's great too. Totally. At 100%. Well, First of all, before we dive into all things Enneagram, I, for people that don't know you that are listening, do you want to just give a little rundown about who you are? I'm Deanna Tallwalker, and I'm with Mirabelle Creations. I founded it several years ago. I actually started kind of graphic design and invitations for kids' birthday parties is how it started. And that grew into, it kind of has morphed many times. It grew into people wanting custom artwork uh, with words and quotes for their kids. And then probably 2019, I posted about the Enneagram because it was something I had dived into for my own life. It was just kind of a passion project for myself. And I posted something about it and people kind of went crazy over it. They really, um, you know, wanted to know more. And um, every time I posted more about it, they had more questions. And my account went from like, it had been around five, 6,000 followers on Instagram for years, a couple of years. And I posted about that. And within a month it doubled and then just kept growing and growing. Um, and I, you know, it was kind of just a, just meant to be, I think, because I love the Enneagram and am so passionate about my personal life. And so I think that probably came through on Instagram maybe a little bit. And so I got certified, started learning more about it. And it really is just kind of, that's where my life took me. It was kind of happenstance, but it was a very happy coincidence that it went that way. I love it. I love hearing the story about kind of like where it started for you. And for mm -hmm. me, I mean, I recently stumbled upon it, um, talking to some people and it really just blew my mind about how much information there is about it out there. And that you can learn about yourself. So for people that are like so fresh, you know, like have mm -hmm. never even heard of the word, where do you start? How do you start okay. by telling them? Um, so the Enneagram, unfortunately, the origins of it aren't 100% clear. It's been around for hundreds of years. Um, it is a personality typing system. So a lot of people are familiar with like the Myers-Briggs typing system or other personality typing system. So it is just a way of categor categorizing people into nine different kind of archetypes that come you know, that you can pretty much see, I'm sure not every single person fits within one of these, but almost all the people in the world fit within one of these nine types. And it's been developed um, over years, a Latin American psychologist kind of made it more popular in the, in the mid 1900s. And then another, you know, several different psychologists in the modern, you know, in the 2000s have made it more popular. So that's where it kind of started really um, gaining traction here in the U.S., um, but it is just a typing system. And the thing that makes it so unique is it's not based on your behaviors. It's based on the motivations behind your behaviors. And I think sometimes that trips people up, but that's why I think it's so powerful because it's not, you don't look at someone's behavior and, and know that's their Enneagram type. It's the motivations underlying all of our behaviors that are so important. So that's why it's a little different than some other personality tests. And also I think it, 
because of that, it really allows you to have room to transform and grow and understand yourself. Because it's not just understanding your behaviors, but understanding why you do those things. So yeah, that's a perfect description of from like the beginning of it, what it really is. Right. I so if someone's listening to this, they're like, well, is that kind of like your zodiac sign? Like, what do you say then? No, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely not. It's been used by every lots of different people in different ways. Um, but there is more psychological, not psycho, I guess psychology basis for it would be the word. Um, and a lot of psychologists have used it. So I would liken it more to like a Myers-Briggs categorization personality test instead of like Zodiac, like if you're born on this date, then you have all these things happening. So it has nothing to do with like looking at astrology or anything like that. It's more um, based on psychology principles than I, than astrology or something else like that. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you that. And I think it's so important to kind of start out with that because anytime I, I kind of brought it up to a friend or two, when I first started like learning about it, I was just like, I felt like I kind of scared them away and they were like, I don't want to listen to like witchcraft. They didn't say that, but it was like they, it just sounded how I guess I was like saying it sounded weird. Like right. the Enneagram, it's kind of like a, a different word you've never heard before. And you, you know, some people are like, I don't believe in things like that. I don't want to, you know, and it is, it's so different. It's so much more psychologically driven than you'd think I feel like right right for sure um and it's you know it has been used by different religions there's a really famous uh Catholic priest um uh, Father Riso who has used it but it's not tied to any religion or any um mystical type (laughs) (laughs) background you know it's so different you know it's not people sometimes will ask me because I happen to be a Christian I don't um you know my account is not all about being a Christian by any means but I you know happen to have that and you know I've had people say oh the Enneagram is not Christian well no it's not Christian it's not based on anything religious so it is definitely a more of a secular psychological tool that we use not tied to any type of religion um, or any kind of mystical thing like that. Um, And it has been used over and over by psychologists. So it is a tool that they can use. Not all psychologists obviously use it. um, And I'm sure there's plenty who, you know, don't use it, but I, there is a little more scientific background than just basing it on like numeral, like your numbers or your signs or anything like that. I know you have this uh, personality test that's linked on your Instagram. We'll talk about that later. Um, But you say to do it without distraction and make sure that you're able to fully focus. And how are you going to get really understand and get that out of a child? I guess more so of my question was like your type. Do you think that you, you like where can you look back on your life and notice okay, I definitely was always that or like, or is it not like that for you? I think it's like that for some people and not for others. Okay. Uh, for me, I am a type six. So I'm the loyalist. I am the supporter, but I also definitely as a child, probably from five or six on saw that worrying, planning, um, worst case scenario, thinking even a little bit as a young child, but not every six 
is that way. So okay. I do think it's just different for everyone. Um, I definitely was that way. I definitely can look back at my childhood and say, yes, I think this, I was like that. And then probably some of the messages I heard as a child pushed me further that way. Um, if I had maybe heard other things, maybe it would be different, but I do think everyone has a slightly different path to how they come to their type. And not, not one is not right or wrong. So if you, what is your type, Kenzie? I was going to ask you before I told you, I was going to say, okay. like, is this a weird question? Tell me if this is not even a thing. Like, is there, I know the tests that you can take and stuff, but like, could you guess or or is that not even like... I'm not, I don't love guessing people. I mean, I, you can tell me a few things and I can kind of ask questions, but it's so hard because our personalities are so layered and it is so based on motivation, like I said. So you could tell me, for instance, I'm a really neat freak. I like to have everything in my house super organized. And so a lot of people say, oh, you must be a type one. They're the organized, they're the, um, the, the you know, has to be good and moral and ethical and everything has to have its right place. But in reality, just knowing that one thing is not enough because you could be, if you're a type one, you might be keeping your house organized because you think that's the right thing to do. If you're a type three, you might be keeping your house clean and organized because you want everybody to admire you and think, wow, mm -hmm. she really has her stuff together. You might be keeping your house really clean and organized as a type seven because you think, oh gosh, if I have an invitation to go out and do something fun, I certainly don't want to be stuck at home cleaning my house. So I'm going to keep it ready to go in case I get the opportunity to be spontaneous. Again, so, it's that underlying, like why? Ever, you could all right. be doing the same thing, but why you're doing it is the motivation. So, And I only ask you that because it helps me and I feel like other people understand, like it is a deeper, a deeper thing. And once you can kind of evaluate yourself and dive deep into what you think you are I think that's the only like way you can but is there like do you think or should I tell you or is there any fun thing that like I can like you can try to guess I always want to I mean you know. can give me three facts and I can <laughs> see if I can guess no <laughs> I'm happy to try that but um, I don't know I will are. tell you one thing okay. when I was researching and trying to figure out if I was one through nine whatever when I came upon mine, I don't know if this is what it's like for everybody, but I was like, drop the pencil, everything stops, this is what I am, there is no return, there is no second guessing, there is no maybe of any other type when I found this one out. I was like... Well, based on that, I would say you're probably not a six or nine, because they tend to always question what they are. Yeah. Um, but... I do think a lot of times people do like people either read about their Enneagram type. There's one or two people. They either read the different types and like, bam, I'm that one. I know that's me. There's no question. So I think that's one path or the other path is they go through multiple ones over and over and can't decide. Usually it's either strong one way or they just can't decide. So I would not, other than saying you're probably not a six or nine, I would say it, you could be still be any of the other types. Okay, based on that so fact. yeah, it would be so hard. So I guess I'll just tell you then. So I'm a hard eight. They do typically a lot of times do feel very confident in their understanding of themselves. I think that's why probably you when you read it, you're like, yep, that's me. Because I think eights do tend to 
know who they are. They don't question who they are as much as some other types, like sixes and nines tend to do. My son is a hard eight too. So really, um, yes. So it's a, you know. But it, interestingly, like we were talking about with your childhood, if you had asked me when he was three or four, I would not have guessed that he wasn't necessarily that as a kid. Okay. He just kind of as you know, maybe his personality developed, things happened in his life, he became that. So it is hard to know. It's funny that you say that because for me, I I can look back at my childhood and I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, if, if the people around me knew that I was an eight and kind of took that into consideration, I feel like I could have been guided a little bit better. I could have been used my strengths um, and taught how to do that. I feel like right. I was suppressed a lot of that eight was just like, it was too much for so many right. people. And I don't know if that's like how your son feels or whatever, but it's like, for me, I'm like, that's why I asked you in the beginning. I just wonder like how early can you kind of tell? But I, I think it makes perfect sense what you said about really just not knowing um, in the beginning. But yeah, it is a wild wild thing to really like know what you are and then go from there so i encourage people to to figure it out and we should go through them you want to go through them sure sure (laughs) all right so we'll start with type one just because that's the you know number one those are the referred to as the idealist or the reformer their core desire is to be good to be ethical to be moral the thing to me that sticks out about them is they don't just want to get to their goal. They want to make sure every step along the way is done correctly. So a lot of different, you know, a lot of people just are more interested in the results. They are definitely more interested in doing every step. Every part of the process has to be done correctly. So my husband's a type one. Um, so I have a lot of experience with the, the type wow. one personality. Um, but yes, their desire is the being good and moral. They feel like they have to be good in order to be loved. That's kind of their deep desire, or their deep um, motivation for a lot of their actions. Type twos are our helpers, our givers. They are the ones who really want, they feel like they need to be needed in order to get love. So they um, are the first ones to volunteer. They very much get involved in their friends' lives. Not only do they want to have a lot of friends, they want to really be the ones their friends call to rely on and uh, be the advisors to their friend. They really kind of almost to a point of inserting themselves into others' lives because they want to be helpful. Um, But they are definitely the most, um, I think, emotionally connected with other people they can really sense like if you have a two friend they maybe can really sense when you are feeling off they just have that intuitive emotional um thing that they can uh perceive in other people however they don't always perceive it in themselves so that's kind of the they're so focused on others that they don't always see their own emotions and needs so that's kind of the twos type threes are our achievers or performers their core belief is they have to be successful or achieve things to get love. And that's often, you see that often in um, kids that grow up, like for instance, if you grow up in a household where football is the big thing, you know, like your dad is really into football and you're a guy, you might believe 
you have to be good in football to to gain his love. So they definitely are seeking to do good or be successful in something to kind of gain love. Um, so that's type threes. Type fours are the romantics or the individualist. They are kind of the ones that people always talk about, like kind of brooding personality. That's kind of the stereotype, but I don't think that's necessarily true. Their core desire is they feel they have to be unique or special to get love. So they are very always looking for authenticity in relationships. My sister's Honest. a four. One of my sisters. She's a four. Okay. Do yep. She's always dyeing her hair, shaving her hair, like doing yeah. all the things to be like so different. And when we found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. This is definitely her. They, um, yeah, they're like, the one the great thing about fours is they can see beauty in all their emotions. You know, a lot of people like type sevens, for instance, maybe run from negative things, but they really are great at seeing the beauty in all of our emotions, negative, positive, whatever it is. All right. So type, sorry. No, God, no. You have a dog. I got a creature, in, I got a creature that just barged <laughs> through the door to come in. I'm not I, sure why. I love um, it. Type fives are your um, intellectuals. They're also known as the observers. They tend to be what you think of as the kind of quieter type. They are very curious. They are often as children, the ones who like, if they get interested in dinosaurs, they're gonna learn everything there is to learn about dinosaurs. They go on that deep dive um, into topics they are interested in, but they tend to under stress or under a lot of situations kind of withdrawal they are definitely like if they go to a large social gathering, they're going to need time to kind of process and be alone afterwards. So they're not, yeah, they just typically have a lot of alone time that they need for processing their emotions. Type sixes are what I am. Okay. We are the loyalists, the supporters. They tend to be what I would say we tend to uh, want to have security and safety in order to feel loved and secure, you know, like we, that's our big motivation is being safe, supported, secure. Um, so we tend to be skeptical of people often. So it takes a long time to trust you, but once we trust you, I mean, you could pretty much stab us in the back and we would still be your friend. We're very loyal oh usually. My gosh. So yeah, so sixes take a while to get to know people, but once they do, and once you're in their circle, you're never out unless something terrible happens. Um, type sevens are the enthusiasts. So they are the friends that you think of that are always ready to go out. They always have that fear of missing out. They don't wanna miss out on anything. Um, they are motivated by a feeling of being satisfied and content. So they're always kind of looking for that next best thing. They're always up and willing to try something new because they just kind of have that desire to feel satisfied, but they never really do. And they also are very uh, much of pain avoiders. So they try, you know, they're often, they're a lot of fun, but they might, if you try to go with to them with something serious, they're gonna, it's gonna be hard to get them to talk about that kind of stuff. Type eights, you already know about, are the challengers, or I also like to call them the protectors. Uh, I once, you know, heard them described as being, you know, people like to say they're bulldozers, but I liked the description where it said they're snowplows. 
because they go through and clear the way for everybody else to come through behind them. And I like that so much better because I think that's definitely a better description. You type eights don't want to be betrayed or controlled. They want to be able to be independent, have their freedom. Um, it's not, I say this with my husband and son a lot. I, it's not that he wants to control, like an, he, my son does not want to control other people, but he doesn't want to be controlled by you. So a lot of times people think, oh, eights are controlling. And that's not true. They just don't want, they don't necessarily want to control you. They just don't want themselves to be controlled. And then finally, type nines are the mediators or the peacemakers. This is my they, husband. Um, what's that? This is my husband. Oh, this is your husband. Okay, yep. so great. He <laughs> does not like conflict. He wants to avoid, um, you know, any type of situation that will avoid will cause conflict. It's not that he doesn't have an opinion. Nines definitely have opinions, but they oftentimes don't feel the need to voice those opinions. They think it's easier to just go with the flow, let everybody stay happy than to make their opinions heard and known. So that's the nine types. And the one interesting thing I think is everybody's always, when they're trying to find their type, they say, well, I have a little bit of six, or I think I'm a six, but I also see a lot of four, also a lot of two in me. And everyone has a little bit of every type within them. So that's very common. So you're not looking to, if you're looking, trying to find what your type is, you're not looking to match 100% with everything you read about your type. It's the, what is your core or what's the most dominant, what shows up kind of over and over again. The mo Yeah, the most consistent, that, that, yeah, I love that. I did, I think it's so interesting. And when I found all of this out, I think it's so interesting when you find out what your significant other is or your spouse. Yes. I mean, holy moly, you can just go on a whirlwind with that. So your husband's a one and you're a six? Right. So that has been interesting in our relationship. And, you know, we've been married, you know, I'm 40, 46 years old. We've been, we got married at 23. So we've been married over 20 years. Um, yeah. Oh, I love so, that. but we would have the same, every time we would get in a disagreement about something, it would end up the same way. I felt like at the, you know, it would always end up where he would be like, why are you attacking me? Or why, you know, it would always come back to, instead of getting the whole issue, I was like, well, why are you, you know, why are you being so critical of me? Or why are you, you know, and he would kind of be defensive. But what it was, was I'm a six. So I need constant, not constant, but a lot of reassurance. So I, when I'm worried about something, I come to you and want you to reassure me. It's, but he would interpret that re need for reassurance as I was coming to him saying he wasn't doing something correctly. So once we both realized, you know, once I realized that ones are very sensitive to criticism and you have to approach it not as a criticism, because a lot of times it was just my worries. It wasn't that he wasn't doing something or wasn't meeting my needs. I just happened to be worried about something and needed him to reassure me. And so once I realized that I was approaching him like you're doing something wrong and that never was you know, interpreted by him well, obviously, as a one. So once we kind of understood that about each other, it did really make our disagreements so much easier and so much like, okay, we can avoid that whole argument of why are you being so mean to me and just get to the actual issue. So I do think that, and that's kind of how I started with the Enneagram because 
I saw it, the power it had in my own relationship. And so that's why I felt so passionate about it, I think. So did you have similar with your similar, eight, your eight and nine? Totally. I mean, I, just to tell you, it's like, for me, you know, with the challenger and that whole thing, and then he's the peacemaker or the just go right. with the flow type of person. And it's very similar to you, but obviously different end of the spectrum because we're, we're different types. But right. for us, we would have an argument and... I would want to resolve it right then, hit it, like nail on the head, like let's go, what happened, what can I do to never do make you feel that way again, what can you do to never make me feel like that again, that's it, I want it to never happen again, and I want to like take the bull by its horns, right? And he was just like, no, like what, everything's good, like chill, like we're, we don't even need to talk about it, let's like, yeah. let's sleep on it, let's, um, like we're everything's cool and I'm like no like what do you mean and I you know and not exactly how I'd act but essentially like in my mind I'm like no like I want to stop the outside any outside factors that are going to negatively affect this relationship I want to like confront them and I have no problem right. doing that because it's wrong and I don't want wrong to be in this relationship and he was just like right. everything's fine <laughs> like, yeah we're good. Like you're good. I'm good. You know? And, um, again, like you said, once I realized he wasn't ever be ever dismissing me or not wanting to resolve things, it was just, it just didn't affect him the way it affected me. And it just, he's just not the, it, it's just not the same. So I think it's so beneficial when you can figure out what your type is and your significant other. I think the Enneagram is so powerful because Often we all, when we are experiencing conflict or stress, we think everyone else around us reacts the same way to conflict or stress. Like if I feel upset about something or stressed about something, then everybody else probably does too. But we, I think the Enneagram is so powerful because it shows that each of us has such a different reaction to stress. And what causes stress in different people is so different uh, based on your personality. So I, I think it really lets you let go of that you know, the way I'm doing it's right and the other person's wrong. And I think a lot of times that's just how we approach conflict because we don't know that the other person is approaching this from a whole different perspective than we are. You know, I think it's not, you know, some often you hear, well, men and women, but it's not even that. It's just, we are motivated and worried about different things in our lives. So once you, you know, understand that it definitely makes those conflicts you can approach them with so much more compassion and understanding of where that person's coming from and give them a lot more grace than if you don't have that understanding. Totally. And I think what you said with the perspective, it's really a perspective. Like me and you could go get a ice cream cone and the way I think the guy is talking to me, giving the ice cream cone the way you think he's talking or what we, how you experience the whole situation of the event is could be worlds of difference when we leave and talk about it. And I think that is like the core reason that I really just like fell in love with the Enneagram. It's, you know, realizing that everybody's situation and how they process things are so, so different. And once you can realize and like separate the okay, I'm going to tell you how you felt and I'm right. going to fix that and how I think right. you should be, like, that's where it can be helpful. Yes. I see it all the time with my son being the eight because I'm the six and my husband's a one. So, and we have a daughter who's a two also, but 
when he was, you know, he's 15, almost 16 now. And especially when, you know, when he first kind of, you know, two or three years ago, we would find ourselves saying, you don't have to yell. And it was, you know, because we would perceive as his voice raising as being an aggressive stance kind of, when in reality, it was just an intensity thing. That's just how he is. He's not yelling at us or being disrespectful or being aggressive. He's just a little more passionate, like his passion just (laughs) comes out in a louder tone. And I think that's really common with eights. And I think if you're, you know, especially for my husband, type one, who, you know, raising your voice is anger and they, their whole thing is kind of repress any anger they feel because that is bad in their mind. He really took that as like disrespectful or aggressive stance. And so, yeah, you just have to understand that's not, you know, just that understanding really helps us approach conflicts or discussions much more patiently than we would if we didn't know those things about their personalities. What's your favorite, what would you say like one or two of your favorite things about the Enneagram is? I know that's probably a loaded question, but. No, I think kind of what we talked about. I think it's a great tool for understanding yourself. And a lot of us don't have a great understanding of ourselves. So I think it is really powerful that, but what really makes me excited about the Enneagram is when we can learn about others and approach our people in a way that we can love them better. You know, once we know their type, we can love them, approach them with compassion, understanding, grace that maybe we couldn't have given them if we didn't understand that about their personality. So my, I definitely like it as a tool in relationships. That's what really gets me excited, whether it be parenting, uh, love, you know, husbands, spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends, significant others, or even friendships or with your own parents even. So I, that's where I get really excited about it. Do you, when you're trying to like in any like relationship that you're trying to kind of make better, I guess you could say with the Enneagram or try to delve more deep into, um, do you kind of bring it up to them and say, hey, take this test. I want to know what type you are <laughs> so that I well, can, I can internalize that. That's interesting. I I mean, most of my closest people have already taken it just because I think they hear me talking about it. So it wasn't, I didn't like go to them and say, you have, well, maybe my husband actually I did initially <laughs> say you have to, but other than him, like most of my friends and family have already taken it. Some of the ones that I have a more difficult relationship with per se, I mean, not that it's bad, but just a more challenging, I should say, they have not taken it you know, and despite, and I haven't really ever come out and asked them to take it, but I think maybe some of the things that make it their, my relationship with them more difficult are also some of the things that maybe why they haven't taken it. I don't know. Um, In my mind, I have what I've types, I believe those people are now that may or may not be true. I think you always have to know that you can't type someone else, even though you think you might know. So I try some of their difficult uh, personality traits for me. I try to approach them understanding that that might be because of what personality type they are and their, you know, so I try things that used to really drive me crazy about them. I do try to come from a perspective of, okay, maybe this is just them doing this because they are motivated a certain way. So that's how I have approached the difficult relationships. (laughs) Off of that too, like are there, and this might be just a no question or answer, um, are there 
types that maybe just like shouldn't get in a relationship or like that don't no, really mesh I, well? I, no, I don't think there's any types that are bad together or anything like that. I definitely think it all has to do with your level of healthy versus unhealthy behavior and what level of development you are in. Interestingly enough, my two most difficult closer relationships happen to be threes. Well, like I said, I believe they're threes. Okay. I don't know that for certain because they both have not ever taken the test that I am aware of. So it's interesting to me as a six, we go to three in stress. So I think a lot of it, you know, the issues for me, and when I say they're the they're my most difficult, they're still great relationships. Yeah. They're just more challenging for me to understand. I think a lot of it is I just don't understand that motivation to be successful and the reputation and all of that side of the three. And I don't think that's a six and three is not always a bad combo. That's just me personally as a six, not understanding it. Now I had another podcast where a lady who was a seven their stress path is one, they go to ones in stress. Okay. So, and she says her most difficult relationships are, is with a one. And she was also wondering if that is because of stress path. And so for her, that was also the case, but then my children are twos and eights, which they both go to each other kind of in stress or there's like that overlap and they get along great. So I don't think that's always the case. It just, it's all very dependent on each person. Yeah. You know, cause we all are so, you know, have different layers to our personality, different levels of our development. So I don't think there is any type that's better or worse. All types can work together. It probably just, it depends on the individual. So for, like I was saying, like for me, I've had two, what I believe to be type three challenging relationships in my life, but other type sixes may get along great with three. So it's probably just more individual than it is the type coming together. Okay. I find it so interesting that you say, so for a seven, they go to one. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, it, like who, how do you know what goes to what? Is it different for each person or like you're a six, so you definitely in stress, you go to, like, how does that work? Three. So, so yes, I think. Yeah. Each Enneagram type has a growth line. So if you've ever seen the diagram of the Enneagram, it's a circle with the nine different points and they're all connected in different ways. So each number has its own um, stress and growth path. So every six, in theory, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's a little bit different. But in general, when sixes are stressed, they take on unhealthy traits of threes. And when they're in a growth pattern or a secure part, part of their life, they take on the healthy traits of nines. So in that each number has its own stress and growth path. So for eights, you take on, when you are under stress, I think I, let me make sure I get this right. When you're under stress, you tend to take on the unhealthy traits of fives. So you tend to withdraw more than you might other times. So if you're in a really anxious or difficult time in your life, you may withdraw, become more, um, kind of hoard your energy and time more than you normally would, kind of the more unhealthier sides of fives. If you're in a more growth period of your life, you're going to be take on the healthy traits of twos. So you're going to be more vulnerable, more open, um, more empathetic with people around you. So that's just how it works. And each number does have its own growth or stress path. So, wow. It, it's, I mean, 
the abundance of information that there is out there is just so insane. I can you tell us more about, you know, what you do and what, you know, with your personality test and just all of the exciting things that you have going on so that our our listeners can follow you and just know all of that? Sure. I have Mirabelle Creations is my Instagram account, and that's where I'm most active. Um, I have, um, I do some workshops through Zoom right now, obviously. I've done some of those on getting unstuck and growing and kind of understanding yourself. My most exciting thing, I guess, would be that I have a book coming out in the end of April, and it's called The Illustrated Enneagram. And so it's, I would say it's kind of not a beginner's necessarily, but it is definitely um, for people who maybe are starting their journey and learning about the Enneagram. So it's um, got uh, several different chapters, each with a different topic. So a lot of Enneagram books um, take one chapter per type and just kind of describe everything. I took a little different approach in that I did a topic and then each uh, type has like its own graphic for each of those topics. So like if you want to learn more about stress, you can flip to that chapter. And if you are dealing with conflict with like a type nine, you can kind of read about that quickly. Or, if you know, so it's more about the topics that you want to learn about with each type. So, but it's like each one has a, each chapter, each type has a cute little graphic to go with it and kind of explain the different um, aspects that you might want to know. So I think of it, it should be really good. Like if you're dealing with people in your life, whether it be work or at home, and you want to learn more about them, that's where I think it's going to be really useful. Because a lot of times when I look at Enneagram books, even me at this point, I don't always want to read about types that I don't have that much going with in my life. You know? So this is, you know, I feel like will be better used if you for understanding the people in your life. That is so amazing. I cannot wait. When, so do we know when or how we can get our hands on one of these um, books? It's April, I believe, I, we're still... I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it's April 25th. It's the end of April. So it's on Amazon now for pre-order, but the release date hasn't been set yet. So once that is set, then I'll be talking about it more um, on my Instagram, my blog, my website too. Great. And um, I'll because... I'll put a link to that in the okay. um, show notes as well, because I know just so many people are going to be interested after hearing you talk about it. So it'll Thank be really you. exciting. What was your favorite part of your book? Like, What was your favorite chapter or... Topic. Well, I really like, well, first of all, I think the second or third chapter, I can't remember to be <laughs> off the top of my head, how, but one of the chapters is the keys to understanding. So each type has like, I think six different, you know, it's like a graphic and it's got keys and then each key has um, inside of it words to make you really like, these are the things you need to know to understand that type. Like if you can know just these six things, even that's going to help you understand them more than um, anything else. So I really like that because I feel like that's going to be really useful to people for understanding others and their type, especially if they're new to the Enneagram and they maybe don't know all the different core desires and stress path and growth. You know, a lot of people don't know all that because it's a lot of information. So I think that chapter, and also there's a chapter on communication. And I think that's a big one too, because um, we just all communicate so differently. And we all have a lot of um, beliefs about the way we should communicate. So we feel like we talked about before, we feel like others should communicate in that way too, but that's not always the case. So it can really help you 
like my type one husband, my kids always kind of laugh about, he lectures them a lot. You know, he's like, oh, professor dad or preacher dad's back, you know, and it's just because that's how one sometimes communicate because they are very worried about the principles behind stuff and doing it the right way. So that's just, and so once you understand that that's just the way they are and there's beauty in that, I feel like that's where it can really help relationships. So the communication to, to me was the big chapter because I really feel like that's where it can have the most power in people's relationships. Wow, I find it so interesting because when you said about how your husband lectures, I mean, mm -hmm. another type could internalize that as he's lecturing me, he's, yes, you know, thinks I'm an idiot or however it could go with whoever is dealing with that. And when exactly. you said about your, your son, how eights are just very intense when they communicate, it's just an intense thing, whether they're like excited about something, when they're mad, when they're, sad right. like it's always so intense and like just knowing that just knowing these different communication I think that's going to be my I'm really excited for that for that communication yeah I just think that's there. where it has the most power to power to affect people's relationships in a positive way so for me that's where I'm the most excited about it yeah I can so see it and it, do you think you could say this is like a self-help type of book um and Enneagram is like a self-help type of uh, yes, I do think that's, you know, and that's a good question. I need to look and see how it's categorized on in, uh, Amazon, but I do think it is often categorized in that self-help area. I think so yeah. too. If not, I feel like it should. I mean, I don't really know much. Yeah. Like I'm just this little old, like, let me learn type of person. But <laughs> I I really think it's just so helpful to, to relationships and so many people. And if you can get your hands on a, a solid, nice, front to back book like this is, you know, that this is sounding like it. I just think how it's like a, a guide, like an everyday guide to just people and yourself. Exactly. That's, that's kind of what I think about. It's like a, you know, if you ever, if you were like me in school and you maybe, I, I assume they still have cliff notes is still what they call it. Yeah. Like when you had to read those like really complicated novels, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't understand what Shakespeare's talking about. This yeah. stuff is way over my head. You get the cliff notes. It helps you understand. This is kind of how I feel like this book is. It's kind of like a little guidebook or a little helper to assist with relationships because we are all, you know, so complicated. Our personalities are so different, but underneath all those layers, there is a little bit of commonality that we can learn about each type to help us relate to them better. Yeah, I, I agree. I, this might be kind of, a stretch, but for some reason, this is where my mind went. Um, nowadays, therapy is becoming so much more prevalent and so many people are yeah. not afraid to get therapy, which is amazing and, yes. and beautiful. And I think for people that are kind of teetering with the idea, like the Enneagram is, is a great place to start. To, diving into who you are and why you do things, why you think the way you do. I think, um, obviously I'm a super big advocate for therapy. I think it's just a, such an amazing tool, but you can't go to therapy 24 seven. You can't right. live with your therapist. You like, you can't be doing that. But I think this is just such a great thing to be able to research on your own, read about and develop these skills, um, in such a positive way and and learn about the people around you like you were saying you have these three possible threes in your life that's so cool that you can know 
well, I guess you don't actually know, but, but you kind of have an idea. Yeah. You kind right. of have an idea of, of what's going on and that, that must just help in random situations with them. Right. For sure. And I agree with you. Um, you know, I am older than you and I do think even my generation, there was less, um, you know, acceptance of therapy, but I do think, and, and I do think, you know, and I've been through therapy and a lot of people in my generation have, but I think there's just more and more of people understand, look, therapy is not just for times of trauma or time for grief or time for severe mental health issues. Like therapy can help no matter where you are. And oftentimes, even when you're in a healthy stage there, that's a great time for therapy because you can really dig deep and understand some of that, but not everyone can always have the time, the energy or the money to do therapy. And so I do think anything that you can continue, you know, I'm continuously reading books, different books on different areas. And I, I guess you could call them self-help. I don't even know if all of them are, but on growth and, um, you know, and I think that is such an important tool to do throughout your entire life because things change. And, we're, you know, if you always are, the more you can grow and no matter how old you are, there's always room for you to grow and change and understand yourself and others better. So for sure, I think I always am an advocate for therapy books, anything you can do to help grow and improve yourself. Oh, I love it. I love, I just, it's, it's amazing. And it's refreshing to hear from somebody that, you know, you are certified in the Enneagram and you have all this knowledge about it and coming out with this book in April. I mean, it's just refreshing to talk to somebody and hear about this because when I heard about it, I just got sucked in like they all say. And, and it's just been such an amazing journey. And I hope that people listening to this can, you know, try it out from the, for themselves and see the good that can come from it. And it's not some like weird, like crazy thing that, you know, I feel like right, there's like some name that you've never heard of. Yeah. I mean, and people are like, Enneagram, Enneagram, how do you even say it? But it is. And I do think that sometimes, you know, people are hesitant because they aren't sure, but I do think like any other tool, you know, it's a great, you can use it. If it helps your relationship, great. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay too. Yeah. You know, like not everyone's going to resonate with the Enneagram and that's every, you know, that's totally fine too. But if it is a tool that you can use in your life to improve it just a little bit, then I think it's worth it. Oh, I love it. I so agree. Well, I, oh, I really cannot thank you enough again for being on the podcast. Is there anything else that we should know that you think is like, pertinent information to the Enneagram and the whole genre of the topic today? I think we got the, the good parts. Yeah, the good parts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I post a lot about it and I'm always, you know, I try, I don't want to stay on Instagram all day by any means, but I do try to open up for questions a lot. If people don't understand something and, you know, I can't answer every single question, but I try to point to resources when I can, because again, I am passionate about it and I think it's great and it can help us all love each other better than, you know, I'm always happy to talk about it with anybody. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you again so much. I hope you have an amazing me. rest of your day and I cannot wait for this episode to air because I'm just like dying for people to know uh, about the Enneagram and, 
and not hear it from me because I don't really know how to explain it. And I think you did such a great job. I think you have a pretty good handle on it, for sure. Again, do you want to just plug yourself? Let us know where we can follow you. I'm on Instagram at uh, Mirabelle Creations is my Instagram handle. I also have a website, www.mirabellecreations.com. Um, I do have a free Enneagram test there. So if someone is new to it, I always say, you know, start with the test, get those results kind of, I, you know, when people sign up on my website for the test, it also, after they take the test, it gives a, a PDF guide for all the different core desires and motivations, because I do believe really passionately, you can't just take a test and always know what your type is, because for a lot of factors, they're not always 100% accurate, but so, you know, take that test, find your top three, and then look at your guide or other information you can find online, just a brief overview. Um, and to find your type, but those, you know, those are where you can find me the most. I also have, if you're a big reader, I have a, I just started an Enneagram book club oh. on Instagram too. And we have Facebook. So we're doing like a book each month and then we get together once a month virtually and talk about it. So if that's something your readers or your listeners are into reading also, not all Enneagram topics, um, also just kind of growth books in general, but mostly probably two Enneagram books, back-to-back for months, then like just one general growth book and then back to the internet. So if that's something they're interested in, they can find me there too. Great. Oh, I love it. Thank you again. I'm so happy to have had you on the 20-something mom podcast. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Mackenzie Frank. Have a good week, guys.